with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And this is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. I think we are all excited to be here this morning uh, for the first time. We were trying to keep social distancing, but uh, it's, uh, it's very difficult. <laughs> and uh, for me, as, as usual, it, it, is, um, it is a big uh, privilege to be here and share the word of the Lord with, with, with all of you. So let's start with a word of prayer. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. We have to come to your word. You gave it. You gave it for our edification. You gave it for our correction. You gave it for our training in righteousness. You gave it so that we can understand the way of salvation, which is through faith in Jesus Christ. By your spirit, make your word do all these things for us by faith. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. These past two weeks have been have been by far the most challenging weeks for me since I became uh, the lead pastor in this, in this church for many reasons, personal reasons, family reasons, ministry-related reasons, and for reasons related, related of course, uh, with the pandemic. If all of us here could agree on something, if we could agree in something, it would be that the times we are living in are not the easiest. Some, some of us are tired. Some of us are confused, stressed, and even discouraged. 
Some are afraid of the future. Some are afraid of living in loneliness. Some of our, some of us are grieving the loss of a loved one. Some of us are worried about our finances or the current political situation. I, di I did a, a little bit of a reading this week about dealing with stress, and I found some, some good things. Limit the amount of news you expose yourself to, said someone. If you control the amount of information, you can control the amount of stress or worries in your life. Exercise regularly, says someone else. Have a routine. Or use technology to connect with others if you feel isolated. Schedule time to play and to rest. Find a hobby and so forth. And I am mentioning these things because I believe that these tips can help us to improve our quality of life to some extent. But as believers, as disciples of Jesus, you and I know that there is more. These are good habits, but in the end, they only give us temporary relief. And I believe the passage for this morning has a lot to say about the times we are living in. Our passage this morning takes us to the first Easter Sunday in the evening. The disciples were locked down in a room. So it's not the first time. They were locked down in a room full of fear. I imagine these people terrified at the sound of anyone coming closer to the door. The original text says that they had made a barricade, a wall behind the door. They didn't want to see, hear, or talk to anybody. They were in great fear. But we read in verse 19 that Jesus came and stood among them. How did he do that? It doesn't say how. But we get the impression that he passed through the wall and the barricade and stood among them. What a beautiful message for his disciples in Jerusalem and his disciples here today. Nothing can keep Jesus from joining with his disciples in their need. Let me repeat you this. Nothing can keep Jesus from joining with his disciples in their need. Not even our fears, not even our worries, not even our barricades. Jesus can cross any barrier.
and nothing will stop him from being with all of us. When you are his disciple, you, will, you can rest assured that he is with you at any circumstance in your life. Jesus came and stood among them. That Easter Sunday, Jesus appeared to his disciples passing through closed doors because now Jesus possessed, possessed a resurrected and glorified body. And here is another message for all of us. The presence of Jesus among his disciples means that death is not the end. Why were they locked in that room? Well, because of fear of suffering the same fate as Jesus. They, the fear of being whipped, the fear of being rejected, the fear of death. So you see, this verse captures the reality of all humanity. For us, life is the most precious thing we have. And we are willing to protect it at all costs. The fear of death or any kind of fear paralyzes us. But when Jesus appeared to them, it was with the same body that was whipped and tortured. The same body that was crucified, but now the same body that has the same body has been transformed and glorified. And therein lies the message of the resurrection for his disciples and for all of us. The same transformation Jesus received in the resurrection is awaiting for you and for me. Death, my dear friends, is not the end. Paul explains in 1 Corinthians that believers do not receive new bodies in the resurrection. Yes, I said it clearly. Believers do not receive New bodies, new bodies in the resurrection, but that all corrupt and mortal bodies will be transformed into glorious, imperishable, powerful, and immortal bodies. Yes, look at your body. Get used to it. Because it's going to be the same, but transformed, but glorified, but immortal. Paul uses the word powered when he talks about our new bodies. It will be quite an improvement to your old or young body. But the message was clear to his disciples. Death 
is not the end. And after Jesus appears to, to them, he tells them, peace be with you. Jesus offered peace to those who ran away when he was being crucified. Do you notice that? He was offering peace to those who denied him, to those who forsake him. A.W. Pink wrote that Jesus could have said, shame upon you. But instead, Jesus said, peace upon you. After taking their sins away on the cross, now Jesus comes back to remove their fears as well. Jesus defeated sin on the cross, and Jesus defeated death on his resurrection. And now he appears to them with this message, peace be with you. I can imagine his disciples remembering when he has said a few days ago in John chapter 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. And then he says, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. That was before his death, a couple of days before. And perhaps on those days locked down on that room, they have wondered where that promised peace was. But now Jesus appears to them with the same message. Peace be with you. And then the verse says, and then he shows them his hands and his side. What a prize Jesus paid for the peace that he was offering to them. Jesus said to his disciples, do you want to understand the peace I give to you? See my hands. And it's exactly what Isaiah chapter 53 said before, 600 years before. In verse 5, Isaiah 53, verse 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. Can you see the connection? When Jesus was telling them, see my hands and receive my peace. I pay the price. So receive the peace. In our world, peace is merely that the temporary ceasing of hostility. It is a very fragile truth that can break at any time. 
and we are more stressed thinking about when our current peace will end than enjoying the momentary time of peace we have. That is the peace of this world. This frail peace permeates our relationships as well. The peace, with ha- the peace we have with others is always at risk. It can be broken at any time. We need to be walking on eggshells to make sure we will not break the peace we have with our coworkers, <laughs> with our kids, with our spouses, with our friends, because it is a fragile peace. But not the peace Jesus is offering to all of us. The peace Jesus offers is a divine peace that comes from the nails on his hands and feet. The peace that Jesus offers comes from knowing that Jesus' sacrifice has secured our acceptance in God's love. So this morning, I believe Jesus is present here among us, telling us the same, the same thing that he said to his disciples almost 2,000 years ago. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. There in verse 21, if we read the verse 21, Jesus gives them a purpose. Look what he says in verse 21. And then Jesus said to them, again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. How true it has been in my life that when I am in my most miserable moments, the Lord gives me a mission and a purpose. When I am self-centered, the Lord always putting my life someone in need. When I am broken and I, I am thinking I cannot give any more, The Lord always brings someone in need. So then I can give the only thing that I have received, the peace of God, because I don't have nothing to give. I have nothing to offer but the peace of God. It is his way of saying to me that if I receive peace, grace, forgiveness, and a hope of eternal life, he wants me to go and offer the same to others. It is his way of saying to me, Marvin, stop commiserating yourself. You have a better purpose in life. I am sending you. I am sending you. Have you experienced the same? Amen, brother. <laughs>
that in, in the darkest moment in your life, he uses you the most to be the light. Jesus told them to go. I'm sending you out of your room of fear and pain. I am sending you out of your own barricade. I want you to go out and proclaim the good news of the gospel, that there is peace between God and men. Jesus was giving them a purpose. And then in verse 22 and 23, if we read, says, And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave them the power to do the mission. Here Jesus gave them a foretaste of the power that they will receive at Pentecost. 50 days later. You know why Jesus did this? Because the Lord Jesus not only asked us to go and to do this mission by our own power and by our own strength, but he equips us to go in the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the resurrection is the power of the Holy Spirit available for all his disciples, for you and for me. And then he says, if you forgive their sins, they will be forgiven. And if you do not forgive their sins, they are not forgiven. This sounds strange, don't you think? But I think, what, I think that what this means is when we share the message with someone, we offer what we have received. Forgiveness, peace with God, and the promise of the resurrection and eternal life. If the person receives this message, for sure their sins are forgiven. But when a message is rejected, the opposite happens. There is no forgiveness of sin. There is no peace with God. There is no promise of a resurrection and eternal life. And that person remains in eternal condemnation. But our responsibility as disciples of Jesus is to go and to tell everybody to present the many the message to many as we can and is the lord who is going to 
give them forgiveness if they receive and if they believe in the message that Jesus died and now he is before God the Father and he paid for the sins of the whole world so those who believe in him will have eternal life. That is the message. And at the end of, the me- of this passage, we see the grace of Jesus towards Thomas. Thomas was a case. He was the only one who was not in the room when Jesus appeared the first time, the first Easter Sunday. And as well, he didn't believe the rest of the disciples. Imagine a, a, a room full of people. Jesus appeared to them, and they tell this disciple, Jesus appeared to us. And I said, no. I need to see his hands. And it is beautiful to read that Jesus appears to him and says the same thing that he said to the rest of disciples. Peace be with you. Do you notice again that he is not shame upon you? Thomas, peace be with you. And by the way, I heard your conversation about my hands and the marks of the nails. Put your fingers here. And see my hands. And place your hand on my side. And what a beautiful response of this disciple of Jesus. And he said to Jesus, my Lord and my Savior. And Jesus responds, responds by saying, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And I wonder how many of us in our different uh, loved rooms can lift our eyes and say, as Thomas did, Jesus, you are present here. You are my God, and you are my Savior. We believe. Even, even if we don't see you. No matter where we are, Jesus is here offering his peace, offering his presence, offering the grace and forgiveness. And we have this big opportunity this morning to say, I believe my God and my Savior. Let's pray. 
Lord, thank you for, for this beautiful passage that reflects the times that we are living in. Thank you for reminding us that your presence is here with us, that you are offering as well your peace, the grace of forgiveness, the comfort, Lord, that death is not the end, that you are offering us the transformation of those mortal bodies And that you are offering us, Lord, as well, the opportunity, Lord, to be your voice to others. The opportunity to pass the same message to others. There is peace between God and man through Jesus Christ. Help us this morning, Jesus, to see you. And to say, as Thomas did, I believe, my God and my Savior. I believe, my God and my Savior. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Let's stand this morning and let's sing together this last song. And it's called, I believe in you, Jesus. I believe in you, Jesus.